Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today, I want to talk to you about the truth of communion. I want to talk about communion as we, how many of you know, how many for you, January just kind of went by, just like, whoo, like James says, life is like a vapor. It's like, whoo, you know, and I, I feel like, um, we talked about communion, I mean, uh, fasting and prayer, and talked a lot about a lot of things. And before we, we, we just jump into a new series, I thought that this is really appropriate for us to talk about because of where God is taking us and from where God is leading you to. God wants his people well, physically, emotionally. Can I hear a good amen today? He wants you well. He wants you to walk in, in healing. And so I want to talk about communion because I think it's easy to have some misconceptions about communion. And if we don't really understand the purpose of it, then we're not going to value it and we're not going to receive the power that's intended. Unfortunately, for many people, communion has just become a ritual that people do or you do at church. And then so we don't really receive the full value of what God intended it to be. But can I just encourage you? Anything you do without faith can become a ritual. Worship can become a ritual right? But when you do it in faith and you declare and you sing the songs, right? And you profess those in your life, you know, it, things can happen. I have made a decision this, this early on in these devotionals. I hope that you're watching. They're all there. You can watch them on the replay. But we talked about John 15 when he says, remain in me and I in you. That word remain in the, in the Greek means to be present. I want to be present this year in every moment that God has for me. I don't want to just go through the motions. Can I hear a good amen today? But I want to be in worship, but I want to be in worship. I want my heart to be present. I want God to be lifted up in my heart. I don't want it just to be a song on the screen, but without faith, it can become a ritual. How do you know going to church and just going to church can become a ritual, but if you will do it in faith and you'll come in and say, I'm going to receive today, God's going to move today. Things will happen. You know, giving can just become a ritual that we do, but you know what? Giving should never be disconnected from your heart. I want to be present in that, but when we give, every time you give a seed or give your tithe or offering, it should be with faith that God's going to do what he said he was going to do. And I don't want to live just a religious life. I want to live the life that God has intended us to live. And that's a life full of relationship with him, not just religion, but how present are you in these moments? I want to be present. And so today, as we talk about communion, I almost, I almost called this message, the cost of communion. But then I didn't want people to think that there's a cost on our end, although there may be some cost in terms of sacrificing your time. But I will say this, when I was thinking about the cost of communion, I, I was thinking about calling it that because although we have free access to commune with our heavenly father, it costs Jesus a brutal death to get us so we can have free access. There was a cost to communion and it cost Jesus his life. That nobody took his life, but he gave it freely for you and I. Why? To have all the access to the Father that you can have. Somebody once said you're as close to God today as you want to be. You have a full access pass. You know, we were in El Paso this, uh, this last couple of days at my previous church uh, for a conference, and so it was, it was a great, great blessing to be there. I'll share with you some other things later on. But when we got there, because we used to work there and they, they still like us. How many know when you leave someplace, it's good that they still like you? All right, the, the pastor wasn't mad at me because I left. They actually blessed us. And so, but when we got there, they gave us a full access pass that we could go anywhere where security was. And you have a full access pass to your heavenly father. Now, whether you're using it or not, that's up to you. Can I hear a good amen today? 
And so you have a full access pass because of what Jesus did on the cross. But I want to focus today when we talk about communion, because I think it's important uh, when we think about or focus on Jesus's death on the cross, not only did he purchase and, and give us forgiveness of our sins. How many of you know that's very, very important? And I don't want to minimize that today. But I think what happens is when we look at the cross and what Jesus did on the cross, we can only focus on forgiveness of sins. But actually, there's many scriptures that don't just talk about our forgiveness and the forgiveness of our sins. It actually talks about healing of our bodies within the same scripture. Let me give you an example. Psalms chapter 103, verse 2. Are you happy you're here today? Okay, I don't know if I should continue preaching or, because I have been known to have fun all by myself. I just want you to know, but I would like for you to come with me. Psalms 103, verse two, praise the Lord, all my soul. Watch this, and forget not all of his benefits, for he forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. Notice that those are put together. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Everybody say good things. And my youth is renewed but like the eagles. Now, notice this. It says, do not forget all of his benefits. So what happens is when we look at the cross, and again, I'm not minimizing forgiveness. I'm not minimizing salvation. I'm very thankful, but that is one of the benefits, not all the benefits. Come on. And he says, and he, he focuses here. And he says, don't forget all the benefits. How many of you want all the benefits when you sign up for your insurance? Come on, somebody. How many of you want, when you get your new car, you want all the benefits that, right? You want all of it. But it's interesting to me because when, as I talk with people and, you know, Christians and people, everybody is really focused on, we're thankful for salvation. We have faith for salvation. And many of you in this room would never doubt your salvation. It doesn't matter what anybody says. No, I'm going to heaven. It doesn't matter. Man, I have full confidence in salvation. And thank you, Jesus, for that. But do we have equal confidence in him healing our bodies? Do you have the same amount of faith for salvation that you do for healing? Because it says here that he forgives all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. My church family, God not only wants you saved, he wants you well and healed. Can I hear a good amen today? God wants you well. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, God wants you well. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. That's where we're going to be. But if you would, I, I want to break this down a little bit because you see communion in the Old Testament. And I, I'm believing today will be such a revelation in your heart and life that you are going to just walk in healing and you're going to walk in the wellness that God has for you. It's interesting because in the Old Testament, you can write this down, Exodus chapter 12. It talks about the children of Israel were in Egypt. They were slaves for about 400 years. They were under oppression. Egypt always illustrates or is an example of the world system. Slavery is an example of sin. So they were in the world system. They were slaves. But then in Exodus 12, it, it talks to us about the Passover. And you can read about that. But here's what God instructed them to do. He instructed them to get a lamb, a, bl a, a blameless, spotless lamb that was without blemish, and they were to kill it, and then they were to drain the blood of it and put it on the doorpost. They were also to get unleavened bread and put that together, put that and make that. And so what they did was God told them to eat that. Listen, listen to this. He told them to eat 
of the Lamb. What is Jesus' name? The Lamb of God. And they were to eat of the bread and eat the lamb on Passover night. Do you know that that very night, God liberated the Israelites from the severe oppression and freed them from the captivity of the Egyptians, my church family, but that wasn't all. They were coming out of slavery. They were coming out of the world system to the promised land that God has for them. Listen, God does not just call you out of your sin. He calls you to a promised land for your life. He calls you to a purpose and a destiny. Say, God has called me out. He's called me out, but he's also called me out to what? To go in somewhere. He calls you out and he calls you to a place. So when they did this, Psalms 105, 37 says this, he also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Notice two components that they had. They had health and they had wealth. Okay. Now I'm going to tell, I'm going to address something to you just real quick. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are against wealth. Listen, I'm going to tell you what my pastor says. If you don't want to be rich and have wealth, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you if you want to remain poor. But it's funny to me how people like this who are against wealth, when you look at the houses that they live in, they live in 2,400 square foot homes. Many of them have new cars, but they're against wealth. Honey, you're living in wealth. You are living in the most wealthiest country in the world, and you're against wealth. What are you talking about? But let me just tell you this. Notice when they came out, they were not only healthy and healed, they had silver and gold. Why is that important? What good is it if you have wealth, but you don't have your health? What good is it if you have a million dollars in your bank, but you can't pay to buy health? People die. What good is it if you are very healthy, but you have nothing in the bank? Come on, somebody. These two go together. And I believe that God wants you healthy and God wants you wealthy. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm going to tell you why he wants you wealthy. How can you do what Jesus said to do without wealth? How are you going to feed the poor if you can't feed yourself? How are you going to clothe the poor if you can't even clothe yourself? But see, what we do, and this is, and, and again, I'm just telling you, it, it, we're just so interesting because what we do is we, we look at ourselves first we're generous to me before generous to thee, right? And so we look at our lives and we just go, everything is about me. No, actually God wants your cup to run over so you can give to the poor, so we can clothe the naked. Come on, somebody, can I hear a good amen today? And so this is not just all about you. It's about your life overflowing. And so God wanted them to come out healthy and God wanted them to come out with wealth. And this was about, I want you to think about this for a minute because they ate the lamb, they ate the unleavened bread, and the Bible says there was not one of them when they came out of Egypt that was sick. None of them were feeble. Now, this is generational. What does that mean? There were people of every single age group. None of them were feeble. But I want you to think about this in this context. They used to do backbreaking work in Egypt. Backbreaking work. The backbreaking work for the Israelites they were forced to, to beatings, whippings. They suffered under the Egyptian slave masters, not even to mention, think about their malnutrition, how they came out of Egypt, how they were before they ate of the bread and ate of the lamb. But the Bible says, despite the malnutrition, despite the beatings, 
Listen, they all came out well. Can I just tell you, God will do the same to you. No matter your past, no matter how you lived in the world, no matter how beat up you are, no matter how starved for affection or for the spirit, God, what he will do when he comes into your life, he will make you well. And he will restore everything that the, the devil has, has stole. They didn't have anything, they were slaves, but when they came out, they came out with silver and gold. It doesn't matter what you went in with. It matters what you come out with. So I'll just tell you this if it's okay, but, um, you know, something happens when you start fasting. Uh, and we talked about this. We talked about how just denying the physical appetites. What, why, we're, why are we doing that? Because we want to live more by the Spirit. And so I didn't really realize this because here's what happens. It will start to become a part of your daily life, daily life. Um, and so we were at, at uh, the conference in El Paso, and I'm just hanging out. I have a lot of friends there. I know a lot of people, and, and, uh, and just because I've worked there for 11 and a half years. And so this guy comes up to me, and uh, I, I saw him, but I, I didn't recognize him. I, life had not treated him well. And, so, and he didn't recognize me, you know, because I looked better than I did before. Come on, somebody. And so anyway, we started talking. I said, how are you? And he said, I'm not, I'm not doing good. And he said, uh, my, my, my wife left me. He says, I lost my job. And he started going through all of these things. Now, normally, here's what I would do. And it's sad. It's sad for me to tell you this. Normally, I would say, brother, come on, that's the Christian thing to do. Side hug, Christian thing to do. I will keep you in my prayers. God bless you. I know your life sucks, but I will pray for you. Hands emojis. That's what I used to do. But now something else is happening. So he's talking to me, and while he's talking to me, he's using his hands and he's going like this. He's like, hey, you know what I thought? And I'm telling you, I don't know where it came from, but I knew it was a spirit. I grabbed his hand. We're in the lobby of the church. I grabbed his hand and I said, in the name of Jesus, I believe that everything that the devil has stole for you, God will restore to you in Jesus's name. And he went like this. I think he turned Pentecostal real quick. Love you. Just like that. Where did that come from? The Holy Spirit on the inside. And he, he was just like, yes, in a moment like that. Why am I telling you that? Because See, we can go through things in life, but yet God is calling us out of those things and he doesn't want to leave us where we're at. He wants to restore to us and live the life that he has called us to live. Can I hear a good amen today? So it doesn't matter where you are today. Just start to believe that God has good things for you. And yet a hundred, um, a million or two million people are coming out. Not one single one of them is feeble. My church family, why is it important that you are healthy? Because there is a promised land that God had for them, they had to move when God said move. If you are sick, you can't move when God says move. They had a cloud by day. The cloud would block out the sun. And so what would happen is when that cloud would move, they had to move. Why? Because when the cloud's moving, God is moving. Come on, say, I'm going to move when God moves. But you can't move like this when God is moving, 
right? But do you know, the Bible doesn't say that any of them complained. It didn't matter how old they were. Hey, you know, Moses, we can't move. We need a little more rest. We're tired. No, when they moved, God moved. Why? Because they were all healed and whole. Can I hear a good amen today? And then the Bible says there was a fire, a pillar of fire by night that kept them warm. That kept them warm. My, my wife will tell you, she's here. I love fire pit. I, I love fire. I just love looking at it. I can sit there and look at it. But can you imagine just having fire over your head, walking in the desert that's keeping you warm and it never runs out. But when the fire moved, you had to move and you couldn't move if you were sick. Why? Because you had a promised land. Say, I have a promised land. So God healed them. Why? So they can walk into the destiny. You're going to need your health for where God is taking you in 2024. You're going to need all of you. Come on, somebody. Some of you are not just going to need to walk. Some of you are going to need to start to run to where God has. The Bible says run the race. You can't do that if you're feeble. God wants you well. So Wednesday we were getting ready to leave because I think that Early morning flights are from the devil, waking up at five. So we booked a later flight, which we missed anyway. But so on Wednesday, we're packing our final stuff. And so I'm taking all of our suitcases from the second floor down to the first floor. So we have about 10 steps, then a landing, and then another 10 steps. And so I have about a 40-pound uh, suitcase with me. And um, I shouldn't have done this, but I did. Our stairs do not have carpet. It's all like tile. And I have my socks on. And so I'm at the landing and I had my, uh, my suitcase and I totally biffed it. Like just, t- I went, my feet went straight up. And I don't know, have you, have you seen it home alone when he gets that slide and he goes down the stairs? Have you seen that part? That was me with no slide. That was just my back down 10 stairs. <laughs> Right? And so I'm laying on my back. My son's there. He's like, are you okay, Dad? And I, I have the suitcase. I was hoping that it didn't fall on my head. And I'm like on the floor. And I'm like, yeah, Gavin, I think I'm good. Right? So what do you do? You know what I did? I got up. My body felt horrible. But I was like, I'm not missing what God has for me. I'm going to get up. I got up. I was sore. My wife was like, what's going on? You know, she's up there. What's going on? So she comes down and got up, got on the, on the couch, felt a little dizzy. But I said, you know what? I am healed in Jesus' name, and the devil's not going to rob me of my destiny. He's not going to take this time away from me and my life and my family. So I don't care what's going on, but I'm getting up, and we're going on this trip in Jesus' name. And you know what? I was sore the next day. Thank God did not break one bone or anything. And uh, next couple of days, felt fine. Today, I feel absolutely great. But what am I telling you? That healing is ours because we have to get up and we have to be healthy for where God is taking us to, to be. That's why you can't settle in what you're in right now. Can I hear a good amen today? You got to move. Come on, say, I got to move. I, and I, I, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm not letting this stop me. And we, we got, that's one of the reasons why we missed the flight was just because we, um, we had, we, I fell down the stairs. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up, you know? And then my son, he's so, I love him. I, I, I love him because he's a kid that's, that's full of faith 
And then after I got up, he got mad at me. He's like, Dad, why are you falling down the stairs? We got to go someplace. Come on, somebody. That's the voice you need in your head. He's like, we got to go, Dad. You can't be. I'm like, and then you look, oh, I'm 52. You know, I've fallen and I can't get up. He's like, Dad, I can't believe you. Like, we got we to gotta, we gotta get on this flight. I'm like, encourage me, son. I, I, I love your encouragement. But that's the same kid that when I don't feel well, he'll come and put his hand on my shoulder and he'll say, in Jesus' name, you're healed. Amen. When we talk about communion, I, I want to focus today on how God wants you well. And I want you to know the truth about the communion, because I think there's so many misconceptions. If you've found 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, Paul writes in the New Testament, he has such a great revelation on communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Are you glad you came to church today? This is Paul. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Now I want you to think about what Paul is just saying. I want to pause right here. Paul is emphasizing what we are about to read, and this is what he says. So this is so important. He says, I received it directly from the Lord. This is a revelation. Paul has a revelation on communion. And my church family, it's such a good revelation, but I think just because it's been mistaught, people are actually afraid of communion. The goal is not for you to be afraid of communion. The goal for you is to understand the power of it so you take it and you walk in it. And so he says this. He says, for I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he said, watch, verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So our first attitude towards communion is we have to understand that the bread represents Jesus's body and the blood represents his blood. Watch. But the first thing we need to understand in our attitude towards his body and his blood, Jesus said, is to give thanks. I wrote a whole book on grace, gratitude, and joy. And it's in the, it's in the lobby. There's a whole chapter on this, chapter 10, I believe it is, a reminder to remember. It, it goes more into detail about this. But one of the things that fascinated me was about the word thanksgiving. Why did Jesus say thanks before some of his greatest miracles? Some of us are accustomed to just saying thanks after it's done, but there are many miracles, great miracles, that Jesus actually said thank you before the miracle happened. And when you look into the deep roots of this word thanksgiving, it's actually eucharisto. Grace is charis in the New Testament. Eucharisto, charis is actually the root word of thanksgiving. And you can actually use it interchangeably. That's why in, uh, during Thanksgiving, somebody will say, who's going to say grace? And somebody else will say, well, who's going to give thanks? Because it's actually the same word. And so what Jesus was saying, watch, he said he gave thanks. So what does that mean? He said, eucharisto, charis. So when he's, we approach this, this is what he's saying. My body and my blood is grace to you. You didn't deserve my body. You didn't deserve my blood but I give it to you, undeserved, unearned. This is my body for you. It's grace. 
So when I first approach this, I have to approach this as a gift of grace. Jesus, the spotless lamb, giving his body to me, his blood to me. So that's my first attitude in communion is a heart of thanksgiving. This cup represents shed blood, is a gift of grace. Is anybody thankful for this gift of a broken body and blood? Come on, if you are, make some noise today. Verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Maybe in this new year, we'll do a whole series on the new covenant. You are not in the old covenant anymore. You were in the new covenant. People ask me all the time when they read the Bible, they say, it looks like God's doing this in the new covenant and he's doing that in the old covenant. What, what's, what's the deal? Is God bipolar? No, he deals with people based on the covenant that he is in with them. The problem is we don't know what covenant we're in. You are a part of the new covenant. How was that new covenant signed? By the blood of Jesus Christ. You signed, when you signed for your mortgage or you signed for a car, you signed with a pen. Jesus signed the new blood, the new covenant in his blood that was given to you as grace. So in the same manner, he also took the cup. And after this cup, he said, this is my blood. Watch this. Do this. Do what? When you take of the broken bread that represents, when you take of the bread and it represents his broken body and you take of the cup, which represents his blood. Watch this. Do it as often as you drink it in remembrance of who? Who's speaking there? Now, let me ask you a question. Does he say to do this in remembrance of your sin? That's not what it says here. It says that I'm supposed to do this in remembrance of what he did, not what I did. This is not to be con condemnation to you. You better take, that's not what this is. But you know what? That's how this is preached sometimes. He says that we come with an attitude, this is grace to us, but we also come with an attitude that this is what he did for us. And so today, we do this, and whenever you do, because he says as often as you do, I'm hoping that today's message will so inspire you to steal some communion when you leave. Come on, somebody. That when you leave, you take communion, and this week, you'll do it as often as you do. And you don't need a priest or a pastor to do it. He says you do it as often as you want to do. So watch this. Communion was never meant to be a time to focus on your past, on your sin. Communion was supposed to be a time of you communing with Jesus and all that he's done for you. It's a total different focus. It's a time to focus on what he's done because I've been saying this a lot and I'm gonna say it again because what he has done on the cross is greater than any sin than you will ever do. I know sometimes you think you're the exception because your sin is the biggest, so this doesn't apply. Actually, it does apply. He forgives all of our sin, all the time, every day, every minute. The Bible says his mercies are new every single morning. It's funny because I think we get trapped up in our own sin, and God's like, I spilled my blood for that. When are you going to walk in freedom? And you know, when you know that you're forgiven, you'll walk forgiven, and you'll walk in freedom. 
Verse 26, for as often as you do eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So what happens is when I take of this, I'm proclaiming in my life the Lord's death. How many of you know that the Lord's death was significant? That's what changed everything. Verse 27, watch this, because here's where the misconception comes, and I want to help bring some revelation to you, because remember, Paul said that he, he got this directly from the Lord. He says this in verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner, everybody say unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let every man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. All right. Now let me tell you, the goal of communion is for you to take it. The goal of communion is not for you to look at it and go, I'm not worthy enough. That's not the goal. The goal is that you partake of that. So we need to understand, right? What is it that Paul is talking about when he's talking about eating in an unworthy manner? Are you ready? This is written to people who are sick and dying. When Paul comes to the, the, the Corinthian church, he is surprised that people are sick and the Bible calls it asleep. They're dying before their time. And Paul is making a truth here that I think if we can understand, it's going to help us because he's, he's saying, I'm surprised. You guys are sick and dying before your time. And here's Paul's response. Are you ready? Communion. Communion. Paul was writing to them to let them know the truth about communion, that if you understand this, you can walk in healing and a wholeness. So let's understand. Let's break this down. What is Paul saying? He's saying this, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So the question is, what is an unworthy manner? An unworthy manner, Paul tells us, is this. An unworthy manner is not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body, which is the bread. First Corinthians eleven twenty nine. for he who eats in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, what? Not discerning the Lord's body. So here's the question. What does discerning mean? If eating in an unworthy manner is not discerning the Lord's body, the question is, what is discerning? In the Greek language, the word discerning actually means to make a difference, to make a difference. So here's what they were doing. They were taking of the bread. See, many people know that this represents the blood for the forgiveness of sins. So they were drinking it and thanking God that they were forgiven of their sins. But how many of you know you can be forgiven of your sins and still die of sickness? That's what was happening. But what he said is, when you take the bread, you need to discern, make a difference, differentiate that this here, this cup is for the forgiveness of your sins, but this bread, this body, that, this bread that represents the body of Jesus Christ was broken for your healing. So when I take this, I don't just take this mindlessly going, hmm, this was the body of Jesus. Yes, this is for forgiveness of sins, 
No, what I do is I make a difference. I discern this is for the forgiveness of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I have faith in that. But when I eat of the bread, it did not Jesus say he is the bread of what? Life. That when I take of the bread, this is for the healing of my body. And so many were sick and dying. Why? Because they did not discern and make a difference and put faith that this right here is for the healing of their body. Do you know I taught this years ago to our church? And um, so there were people on the worship team at that time. And so just like we are in a couple minutes, we're going to take communion. And so they took it and did exactly what I just said. There was a woman that came up to me after the service. She said this. She said, do you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to sing today because, you know, I had some sinus stuff going on in my throat, all that stuff. But she goes, I just wanted to be in the service I wanted to go for. Great. She says, when I took of the bread and believed that I was taking from Jesus' broken body for my healing, she says, I took a bite of the bread. And she said, all my sinuses were cleared instantly. I think I, I deserve a better amen than that. Why? Because it works. Why? Because his broken body was given to you for your healing. His body was broken, so you don't have to walk around with a broken, unwell body. You can walk around healed and whole. Listen, and I'm not just talking to people under 60. This promise doesn't just happen for people who are 60 and below. Everybody else, God bless you. As long as you are alive, I actually believe based on what Paul was telling them, this will actually help you live longer because it'll help you live well if you'll just understand the power of it. Can I hear a good amen today? So what is drinking in an unworthy manner? So eating and drinking in an unworthy manner is not discerning the Lord's body. So they were not taking full advantage of what the power of communion can be. Let me just tell you, okay, this, when we eat this today, this is not becoming the Lord's body. It's what this represents. Let me just give you an illustration today. If you were to walk out into the parking lot and you saw a crumpled piece of paper on the floor and then you saw a twenty. $20 bill, which one are you going to pick up first? Don't try to act holy. Come on, somebody. I'd pick them up both. Which one would you pick up first? $20 bill. You know why? Because of what it represents. But you know that that scrunched up piece of paper and that $20 bill, they're both paper, but it's what the one represents that makes it valuable. And it's what this represents that when we take of his body and watch, we do it in remembrance of what he did for us and we attach our faith to that, miracles can happen. Can I hear a good amen today? This is for the healing of your body and his body was broken. He was whipped. They beat him. They put a crown of thorns on his head and beat it into his head. They ripped out his beard, right? They put him on the cross. They tore his skin apart. It was broken for you and for me. It was broken for you and for me. So what is eating in a worthy manner? Eating in a worthy manner is to discern the Lord's body. Now, it says examine yourself. 
Is it great to examine us? Oh, yes. I think it's good to examine yourself. But can I just tell you, that's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about today, in just a few moments, you're going to get handed communion elements. And what he's going to say, what he's saying here is you need to examine that you are discerning the Lord's body and the cup of blessing. That's what the examination is. Now, this is important because we need to deal with this in verse 29. It says, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. And here it is again, watch. Not what? This side, you can read. I don't know about this side, but go ahead. Are you trying to get the hint that this is all about the Lord's body? Because why? It's all about healing. So I want to explain this to you just real quick because I want you to walk out of here healed and whole. I don't care what the doctor told you. I think this is going to help you. There's some keys here. What does Jesus say? He says, take and eat. What does take mean? Listen, to take means to make as one's own, watch this, to claim this for yourself, that this is his body broken for me. I claim that to myself. Watch, this word means to associate with. So I am to take this bread and make it as my own, that his body was actually broken for me. So are you ready? So why are so many people sick? Because they don't claim the Lord's body. You know what they claim? Their sickness. Because you can be a Christian and not claim the Lord's body, and you can make your sickness as your own. Point blank. I have the flu. Okay. Have it. Have it. Have it. Claim it. Walk in it. And this is available to you, but you won't claim this. You'll claim it is good preaching because this is why so many people are sick. Because we claim stuff to ourselves, and then we'll go like this. Why is it not working? Well, what did you take? He says take and eat. What you're taking is you're claiming, not this, you're claiming your sickness. You actually identify yourself by what has happened to you not by what God has done for you. I don't say that anymore. I have the flu. You know what I say? I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. Now, faith doesn't deny the facts, but faith lives by a higher truth than the fact of a diagnosis. But some of us have claimed this. I have allergies. Go for it. Claim it all you want. Eat it all up inside. Oh, I can't eat that. Okay, I'm sorry. Because you take it in. So this is what was happening. Many of them were dying. Why? Because they weren't taking advantage and eating of what they were supposed to be eating of, which was the broken body of Jesus. So by not taking the broken body of Jesus and the cup, they take in their sickness and their disease. So watch this. So you drink judgment by not taking the Lord's Supper. Why? Would you say taking in cancer is like taking in judgment? Cancer is a curse. I'm telling you, you have to come to the point where you hate sickness and disease. You hate it. Not, oh, you know, just gonna kind of get some vitamins. And... You hate it. Hate it. You know, um, the other day, um, I'm just telling you, 
I want to live in this if this is what the Bible says I want to live in. So about a week ago, we got stuff we got to do. I got purpose. Our family has purpose. Well, my son got sick, right? And uh, he's good. He, he hates sickness. He'll, he actually won't even tell us when he's sick. He's like, he'll get up and he'll be like this. And he's like, how are you feeling? He's like, mm, I'm good. Like, okay, you're not good. So we took his temperature. Temperature, I don't know, what was it, 103? Oh. Okay, what are you going to do? You know what we did? Lay down. Put his hand, that was right there. Put hand on his hand on his forehead. In the name of Jesus, sickness and disease, you have no right in the Valdez home. No right. You have no right in this kid's body. Fever, you must go now in Jesus' name. Take the temperature again. Let's go. Takes the temperature again. Nothing happened. But I will tell you this. The next day he got up. He was totally healed, no temperature, nothing. You can receive it or you can cope with it. But you know what the Bible says? That we're going to fight the good fight of faith. You know what the fight is for? It's for your faith to believe this. And I actually believe that if you will believe what God says, listen, you can live above the curse. Listen to me. Everybody look at me. There is a curse that's in the earth. Cancer is a curse. Diabetes is a curse. Can I hear a good amen today? Depression is a curse. Now, you're going to have to decide where you're going to live because the Bible says that Jesus became a curse for you. But if you don't take hold and remember all of his benefits, you can be a Christian that even though you are redeemed from the curse, are living under the curse because you're not walking in the full benefits of what God has. But today, because you come to a good church, can I hear a good amen today? You are hearing the truth. I actually believe, and you can excuse, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I actually believe being in the right church, hearing the truth will keep you alive. And so what is the goal? The goal is to take. Now, I'm going to end here. We're going to take communion in just a moment, but I want to tell you this. When I read what Paul wrote, I try to find other aspects of the Bible that reaffirm what I believe God is showing me. I had a conversation with somebody who told me, I love my church. I said, what do you love about my church? He said, we were going to take communion the other day. And the pastor got up and said, all of you that are in sin, you can't take communion. He said, I love that. So, wow, that's great. Telling people that they can't have this. He says, well, you know what the Bible says. If they drink unworthy, they're drinking judgment. Okay. I said, I just have one question for you. That's all. One question and I will be done. He said, what? I said, if that's what Paul meant, one question. When Jesus gave the disciples communion, were they saved? So Jesus was trying to really, like, get them into judgment and condemnation and hope that they would drink judgment because Jesus is giving his own disciples who are not even saved communion. Did he not give them communion? Were they saved? No. How did they profit by the communion? What was it? 
Was it their works? What was it? Their faith. Their faith. Their faith. So if that's what Paul meant, is that today, listen, does this make sense? When I was a sinner, oh, this blood cleanses me of all unrighteousness. But now that I'm a Christian, if I accidentally drink it, I'm going to die of judgment. The same blood that saves you is the same blood that constantly cleanses you and forgives you of sin. Can I hear a good amen? Let's not dilute the power of God and the power of the blood. And Paul is saying, feed on the bread of life. Feed, take this. Jesus became a curse. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. So here's the goal today, that you take of this. Now, it's better that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior so you understand it. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that today before we take but it's all by your faith today. Last scripture. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Here it is again. Who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, watch this, might live for righteousness by what? Whose stripes we are what? Healed. Do you see it again? Sin, sickness. Sin, just as much as you are forgiven of your sins, Jesus wants to heal you in your body and your emotions. The Bible says that he was rejected of men. That is all emotional stuff. And I believe today you need to be well for what God has for you. You need to be well for the dreams that he has for you. You need to be well to fulfill the purpose and the destiny that he has for you. And I believe today that God can make a way for you to be well. The Bible says by his stripes, look at the words, we were healed. Your healing has been paid for just like your sins have been paid for. Can I hear a great amen today? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.